The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 10th, 2019, season 15, episode number 40. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Dave, Nick, and we've got our very special Tuesday guest, Danny Sarek, with us today. We're going to be talking some Cowboys football here with you guys for about 45 minutes. It's a gumbo show. So as you guys remember from last year, we like to hit a lot of topics on Tuesday. We'll jump around. There'll be lots of different things we'll hit. We'll also take some questions from you guys. You can also hit me on Twitter, at Derek Eagleton, um, and I'll, I'll get your questions there. And uh, we'll have a segment where we'll go through those questions and, and again, hit a lot of different topics. How's everybody feeling this morning? Great. Great. Good. Lovely. Awesome. Fantastic. Danny? Vict- victory Tuesday, right? That carries over from Monday? Why not? I mean, sure. a victory like that, that lasts longer than just your standard 24 hours, right? So, 24-hour rule only applies to coaches and players anyway. Good point. You so, can write that all week if it's uh, If, if you it's want to. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Get it going. All so. right. So let's first, I want to talk first about injuries. There were a couple injury updates we had yesterday. Pretty remarkable that the Cowboys finished this game that not only did they play a great game, but they came out relatively clean. There were two injuries, though, of note. Tell us about those two injuries and what we can expect this week with regard to Randall Cobb and Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath, uh, he's dealing with a couple different things, but he spoke in the locker room yesterday. He, you know, I believe he called it regular football stuff. He's going to be there Wednesday. He says that shouldn't be a problem. We didn't talk to Cobb, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think it's probably something similar. I mean, Football is incredibly violent, especially at the pro level, and every guy has something really painful happen to him in every game. So (laughs) Cobb's got uh, a lower rib thing is what Jason Garrett described it as. I don't think it's severely limiting, but we'll see what he does tomorrow at practice. Yep. Any questions? I mean, and those offensive linemen, I mean, I think that Zach Martin, that's something he's just going to have to deal with. I mean, he he, – uh, was able to go out of the game just because of the, you know, the, the score. But I, I think that it's something Wednesday or Thursday you're going to see limit, limited from him every week. And, you know, he's just going to have to manage this thing. But he didn't play his best game. You know, I mean, he had a couple penalties. We're not used to seeing that out of him. But I think overall he played pretty well. What are the uh, what do we what do we know about guys like Donovan Wilson and Darian Thompson, if anything, just because now you got Heath a little banged up starts to wonder a little bit with those other two safeties um, also being they were out last week due to injury. What do you hear yeah. about them? Thompson is, was a high ankle sprain. He's been out for a, a few weeks now. Um, I think he's been back with the trainers on the on the side fields doing some running. I would doubt that he's ready this week. And, and I, again, I never knew about Donovan Wilson. Was it high ankle sprain on him? Yes. Or it's an ankle sprain. I don't, I, mean, I don't know if it was high ankle sprain. I don't know if it's the dreaded high. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm serious. No, like yeah, when right. you put that high word, since they high, everybody gets really, yeah. really yeah. nervous, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, that, that, it'll be interesting to see if, if, if Heath is kind of banged up and if they can get Thompson back in there. But it was Stephen Jones was the one that said right around roster cuts that Wilson probably wouldn't be available for the first few weeks. So I'm thinking at least two games, maybe three. But we'll see. Yeah. So, I mean, that does does that raise any level of concern for you when you start thinking about the fact that last week they entered with three safeties and now you'd be entering presumably with three that one is a little banged up? I, I mean, I, I was standing right there. Danny, you were too. And Jeff Heath, I'm going to take him at his word. He didn't seem very concerned about it. And, I mean, everybody gets hurt one way or another Got in it. every game. I so. also think the next two opponents, maybe not so worried about what Washington, Miami's pass game to, to kind of Ooh, rush back, right? Just writing them off. I love it. Let's go. I'm just saying, like, I, I I would not rush them back for the next two weeks if there's no need to. You mean, you're talking about Wilson and Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, three three safeties does seem a little light, but they made it through this game. I think Goodwin can play some safety if you needed to. It's probably, I mean, he's not not ideal because he hasn't practiced it, but the guy really can run. I mean, that's yeah. one thing about him that he's one of the fastest players they've got on the team. We didn't talk about that tackle he made That was on unbelievable, that especially from our angle on the press box. You could just see it coming a mile yeah. away. I mean, he was just flying down there and you know that doesn't feel good for anyone. I mean, I, I can kind of see why they try to get the, the, the kickoffs limited and, and not because that's where... This is nothing but like a train wreck going yeah. on there. It's the most dangerous play in the game, probably. But it's fun. That's also why they're trying to take it. No, I mean the game. Yeah, it, within the next. Well, I mean, I guess it would have to be this CBA. Well, maybe not. I, they're going to take that play out of out of the NFL. Game. Is it out of the Pro Bowl? I don't know, but it's the, out of something where. I forgot what it was, but I was watching not too long ago. The where league like, that was going on this year, they uh, would do it. Oh, the um, American Alliance of whatever. No, something I watched. Um, <laughs> wow. I didn't watch that. Okay. Well, no one else did either. Obviously, that, no, that was a No one else sentiment. did yeah. either. NFL so like, games are going to just start at the yeah. 25, like within the next decade. Well, you saw that this preseason when they had the game where they had the field that was jacked up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, let's not do kickoffs. So we have an 80-yard field. Let's just start yeah. there and, and go. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on to another topic. I want to talk about Dak Prescott. Uh, after, <laughs> after his amazing day on Sunday with 405 yards, four touchdowns, no interception, a perfect 158.3. Uh, quarterback rating. Um, Jerry made the comment that uh, his contract was imminent. That's gotten a lot of press since then. It seems to me, at least you guys can tell me from what Jerry said this morning, it seems like he's walked that back a little bit from the standpoint that, okay, when I say imminent, it might not necessarily be imminent in Dak's mind is what he said. It sounded like a dictionary when he was asked about it because he was like near, close. You know, it was, <laughs> All the yes. were listed. In other words, with everyone, he kind of was backing it up just a little bit. But it doesn't sound like that's like this happening today, although it does seem like it's something that they want to happen relatively quickly. How close are you getting the sense that this deal is? Or is it any closer today than it was last week? It sounds like what him and Stephen Jones have been saying the whole time of this can really just happen really quickly, kind of not out of nowhere, but it's not something that's drawn out necessarily for three or four days, but things can just happen really quickly. And that's kind of the vibe I was getting when he was saying it's imminent. Like, he probably wishes he would have paid Dak before that game. So I think it'll happen soon. And he did say that that if he would have had a bad game, it wouldn't have changed anything. I don't know if I buy that. Maybe that's that's just just kind of saying it now because it was the other one. Right. But But I bet you, you know, he made his point. 
I mean, whatever the point they were making, he made it in a strong way. So I think it does affect it. And I don't think I want to let another game go by where he does it again. But that might be to Jerry's point. He's like, in my mind, it's on the cusp. I don't. That wasn't his exact wording, but that's basically what he said. And he's like, you know, I don't know how Dak and his people feel, which now that makes me think, like, what if Dak's like, let's – Let's ride this thing out and see if I really can put some more zeros on that yeah. check if I do this a few more times. What's what's zeros? Of, wow. what, you know what I mean. <laughs> Whatever. That would be amazing. Yeah. What's kind of interesting because when he was asked about Cooper, he said something like, well, I know Cooper's getting a deal done. You know. Well, and that's – I mean, I, I didn't read too much into that because I – Steven and Jerry have said from the beginning they're both getting deals. Like people try to make it this dramatic thing, like, oh, then maybe they the only way the only way the Cooper thing, the trade ever made sense was if you sign him. And the Cowboys right. know that. And he went out and had yeah. a one like that's gonna happen. The only thing about it that will. is he said, Is this a lot like the Dak thing? And he said, Well, I know that the thing about Cooper, I know that it's getting done. So He said that about Dak too, though. He okay. said like um you just said the game. He was like, it wouldn't have mattered if he played a bad game. Right. I think they asked him. Um, they were like, you know, are you you're, are you still evaluating? And he's like, with the type of money that goes into this, like we're way past the point of evaluation. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's. So I mean, I just feel very confident both are going to get done. It would be awesome if it happened in the next week or so, but I don't know. So so here's the question I have for you guys: as of as of Saturday. What would you, and I'm not talking about the team, I'm saying if you were the GM, what would you have been willing to pay Dak? Is it around that $32 million, which is kind of where you net out for guys like Wentz and Goff, or was it more? And now, on Tuesday, following the game that he had, has that price gone up at all, or are you still right where you were before? Let's start with you, Dave. I, w- I would be willing to pay him slightly more than what Jared Goff got just because the resumes are comparable. As of Saturday or as of today? No, as of Saturday. Okay. Like I mean, that's the way these things work. I've been saying that for six months. Is like, regardless of you know whether or not he's elite or like definitively better, like the next guy just gets a little bit more money. Like Goff got a little bit more than Wentz. I think most people would agree Wentz is better than Goff to this point in their careers. Um, Wentz isn't as healthy, but it that's just kind of how it is. Like the next guy gets a little bit more. I would be willing to pay Dak a little bit more than Jared Goff. I would have been on Saturday. I definitely am now. I'll tell you what, people that li- that go to California teams or any any state with an income tax, I mean, it's completely different. Because if you think about like in, in any industry, uh, a writer. We got writers that have left here that that work in Los Angeles, probably making way more money than we are just because of the cost of living. But in the NFL scope, it's not the same. I mean, I guarantee they can make exactly what Jared Goff is making, and and Dak's going to see way more of it than Goff will. And the Cowboys are trying to put that, figure that in, factor it in, and the agent's not having any part of it. But, I mean, it it is a thing. It's a thing for Wentz and Goff, and it's not a thing for Dak. No, I agree. I, I agree a lot with you, Dave, of I would have paid him around the 30, 32 before, and there's so many Dak haters, and I don't I don't have a problem with paying him that. And the Cowboys know that this is who they want their long-term quarterback to be. I think after his performance on Sunday, you have even more confidence in him, and I think it's helpful that now they have a lot more threats as opposed to, you know, this point last year it was wide receiver by committee. I think, I think Prescott's going to have a phenomenal year just with the people around him. I'm telling you where I, the, exactly where the holdup is. 
The holdup is is that guaranteed money because of Goff and Wentz, and they got their money way beforehand, and so it's ballooning that price up to a hundred. What is it? One ten, one hundred five was the was the guaranteed one ten in guarantees, I believe, for right. Goff. But but twenty six of it was already from Which, the previous contract, and that's the Dak didn't have anything like that. So it's yeah. really that's what the Cowboys. That's the big sticking point right now is that guaranteed money. Yeah, but they're I mean, not and it, it's not Dak's responsibility to care about this. But like the report is that he makes like fifty million dollars in yeah. endorsements, and I guarantee you, Jared Goff doesn't make that much right. in endorsements. And I think and that's and the Cowboys' whole thing from the beginning yeah. and i think it's a valid point for the cowboys i, I mean too. like we're you didn't get that because of you you got that because of what uh, because of us yep and not only that and somebody pointed this out to me the other day and it's so true all they have to do is just look around the, the landscape of the nfl and what i mean by that is the guys that are doing media the guys that are getting opportunities to do big big things in media that's not because of anything more than they were good players not even sometimes great players good players that happen to be playing for the Dallas Cowboys. So their brand is much higher elevated. Their name recognition is much higher. You have a much better chance of getting those opportunities. And so I think for some players who want have ambitions of doing things beyond football once they're done, this gives you just one – it gets you one step closer to being able to, to get some of those kinds of opportunities that other guys just won't get because they don't have the name recognition that the Cowboys can afford. I saw that with Jalen Smith with right. his extension. I mean – that's basically what he was saying. Why he yeah. took the money he did was he understands the importance of this brand and long term to make money after football. Mm-hmm. He understood that. That's exactly right. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back. I want to talk about a couple guys that were inactive this last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday and what that could mean for the future of those two players here with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to 
to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, I want to talk about a couple guys this last weekend that were not active for the game um, and what that could possibly mean. Taco Charlton, Tristan Hill, both missed the game, were inactive. Uh, we started seeing some tweets, uh, I guess, the morning of, I think it was Sunday morning, uh, from Taco. Uh, or actually, it might have been Saturday when he started kind of mm-hmm. tweeting and letting people know in cryptic ways that he wasn't going to be playing. Um, and I, the question that I that kind of rang out to me, and I got this from someone on Twitter, is why is it that a guy like Taco is inactive when for fans who watched him during the preseason, at least in preseason games, he seemed to be performing pretty well as a defensive end. Had some games where he had some sacks, and um, there seems to be there seemed to be an arrow pointing up, at least from the standpoint of how fans see him watching him in those preseason games. What have you guys heard behind the scenes as to why maybe he is still a healthy scratch here the first week of his third season? I mean, it, it's, a, it's, it's a good question because it, it's kind of head-scratching. He's better than Joe Jackson uh, to play. Now, you could say that Joe Jackson's got position flex. I haven't seen him play a lot of defensive tackle, so I don't know about that. I th- I've seen Taco play inside. I think if they're making a statement or, if we're just being honest, I mean, maybe they're trying to trade him. Maybe they've been working on something. Maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they didn't want to play him for that reason. That maybe he's not in their in their plans. Uh, maybe they want didn't want him to get hurt because they have to cut somebody here in two weeks or in a week when Quinn comes when back. Quinn comes back. So it's hard to imagine. And and I don't know if he'll be cut or traded or whatever. But like it's hard to imagine they have these huge plans for him if yeah. he's a healthy scratch in year three, week one. All that good stuff. It's it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean you're right. I haven't seen Joe Jackson play a ton of defensive tackle. That they say he's got that flexibility. I guess that's fair. But assuming they're not doing something like stashing him so they can trade him, I, the coaches are in charge of those evaluations. They watched him in the preseason. Probably considered, okay, who did he do that against, and are those players actually any good? And we have Demarcus Lawrence. Tyrone Crawford, Dorrance Armstrong, and Kerry Hyder, who we all think are better than him. I think, I mean, it could be as simple as that. It's not a great look for Taco, but. It's not just about the preseason games, you're right, because you're not playing starters. It's also right. about practice and, and how you're doing throughout the week. I, I, I don't know. My, my gut feeling is I don't know that he'll be here throughout the whole season. I think I, may, maybe a trade. I agree. I just don't. I just don't know. Like Dave said, you everyone's saying it. I mean, how is he in your plans if that's the case? Now, I'll, I also I said this before the game, and this is about both of them. You know, this is a this is a really good football team. Like we know that we knew that going into the game, and 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 I think it was it was evident by the fact that you got a first round pick from a couple years ago, a second round pick this year. You know, you got health. You got healthy scratches at first and second round picks. It's tough to make the roster. It's tough to make the forty six. You talked to Stephen Jones about that in the pregame yeah. show. It, just the depth that yeah. they have on this. He defense. said it's the deepest team he could remember in in many many years. Yeah, it's a very good point, and it's totally true. It's it's still it's it's just a, not so much Hill but Taco. I mean, it's a bad look. He's the twenty eighth overall pick. Look. I mean, it was a bad pick. I think. It, I think you could just say it. It was a bad pick. At, He's at, not been good. At this point, if you if you're a healthy scratch at the start of year three, you, I mean, there's not many ways to sugarcoat that. What game was it? Uh, San Francisco when he was talking like that. I was standing next to him and I hated that. I hated that whole mantra thing he was going. He was saying that you know what? I don't care. Fans don't like me. They don't like me. I, maybe I don't 
understand all of it, but I just didn't like the vibes he was saying there. It just almost felt like he was sort of just kind of done with it, you know, just kind of, I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't really talked to him about it. I mean, but I just, it just felt like he was just like, I don't care anymore what people think. And, and that's not a good thing. And I don't know if, I don't know how he's perceived by his teammates or whatever. It's just a tough situation. Maybe he needs a fresh start. I don't know. That didn't bother me that much because I think a lot of times players do need to let go of what people think. Because, and and Taco, like, I don't need to ask him about that. I can see it by his social media activity. Like, he, there are players that are constantly chirping at fans and they're in, you know, people's mentions on Twitter and Instagram, arguing their point, defending themselves. And, like, I understand that very human impulse, but it ain't going to take you anywhere good. And so sometimes I do think it's useful to let go of what the public perception is. Has, have you seen a difference? Has he not? Has he stopped doing I, it? It seems like he has, although, okay. but, I mean, I don't think it's a great look to basically passive aggressively tweet about the fact that you're going to be inactive on Sunday on Saturday morning be that like well good. I'd love to play against you Eli but somebody's not going to let me I mean <laughs> yeah, it's not that, that didn't look good no but so, that also may be a part of this um it it may be part of it that that the attitude is the issue yeah you know they may be seeing some things on the field that suggest he's got some talent but he just may not have the attitude the one thing I've seen from Taco quite a bit um that I think could probably be problematic for him is if you watch him during the preseason, he'd have those plays where he had some sacks. There were also a lot of plays where he would make his first move, didn't work, and you would just see him kind of just, okay, kind of oh live to play the next play, right? He didn't seem to have that relentless motor that if you listen to guys like Rod Marinelli, that's all they care about is are you relentless? Do you keep coming? Does your motor go all the time? He doesn't seem to be, at least in my opinion, doesn't seem to be that guy. And I wonder if some of this, last year him being inactive, him being inactive the first game this year, is more about the attitude and how you approach playing the game more so well, than even the results. Well, uh, I buy that to a degree, but like there are so many examples across the, the league and this team. Like, If you're a badass, you can be the biggest problem child pain in the butt like wrong attitude well, type we of talk, I'm not let's be clear I'm not talking so much about attitude from him being a, a bad person or a, a, a malcontent in the locker room or anything like that I don't think he's that what I'm saying is he's not he's not the guy that is that they're looking for when they talk about the relentless defensive rushman which is what they call them right they yeah. want him to be relentless every play Every play until the whistle is is blown. Yeah. I don't think he's that guy. That's Might not my point. be the right fit. I yeah. mean, I think fresh start. I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I mean, the Cowboys picked him in the first round for a reason. It might just be he doesn't doesn't fit the best here that he could somewhere else. Um, and you know, when you're talking about how people react to this, I think the same could be said with Tristan Hill. I'd like to see what happens with him. Um, you know, there's been some questions about his maturity levels and, and on and off the field, and let's see how uh, he reacts to being a second round pick that was a healthy scratch as well. I and and that's and to be, I don't want to defend it too much because again, I mean, top sixty pick should should play regardless, and I mean maybe even start. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about Malik Collins started as a rookie and he was yeah. picked later than where Tristan was. Yeah, during but off season. Having said that. Malik Collins had a hell of a training camp, we would all agree. Um, so, I mean, it's certainly not surprising that he's not starting. And if you've only got – really, what didn't they roll with three defensive tackles? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm a little more forgiving of that. Like, 
I don't think that many people expected Tristan Hill to make this immediate impact when he was drafted. The value of the position and the traits that he had made him somebody that they wanted. I will say, you know, hopefully that's, you know, that's not a season long trend. Like you met Chris Covington, sixth round pick. He was inactive like every week last year. And that is totally understandable. If Tristan Hill's a healthy scratch in November, that's, that's not great. Yeah. So, and, but and, week one, no big deal. Yeah, and and I think what a lot of times fans forget. Well, this he's a first round pick, a second round pick. I mean, why aren't they there? Well, they've also got some wins on the back end too. I mean, they 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 just said, let's see if this Antoine Woods is worth anything. And, he, and look at him, he's starting, and and he's better than Tristan Hill. And Dorrance Armstrong is 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 better than Taco. Right. I mean, he fell in the to the fourth round. I think they were surprised that he lasted that that long. And Joe Jackson, same thing. So I mean. For every one of these guys that are that are high picks that are kind of busting, they've also got guys. And I'm not going to call Tristan Hill a bust. I'm just saying right, yeah. guys like that that have had slow starts or it's not working out. They got guys in the sixth, seventh round, undrafted that are doing it. All evens out. Yeah, the part that concerns me about any of this when you start talking about, particularly with Taco, about them letting him go or trading him or whatever, is when I look at Byron Jones and how much everybody was willing to write him off. And we've seen this throughout. History, you know, in the NFL, I know you and I watched with the same thing happened with Flozo Adams. Everybody was convinced he yeah. needed to go, and Bill Parcells came in, and all of a sudden he turned into this great player. Same thing with Byron Jones and Chris yeah. Richard. Sometimes it's about the, the coach in your ear. Sometimes it's about other things that can help you get to the point where you need to be. Sometimes it's just development. I'm not saying that's going to happen for Taco. What no. I am saying is it does give me pause when when you see some traits and you see him make a play here and there, and then you're like. Are you giving up too soon on him? I think you got to put a little bit more respect on Byron Jones's name there because he had started every game of his career before he became an all-pro corner. I mean, he was a serviceable to mass safety and then became a great cornerback. Taco, this isn't even his first healthy scratch. He has had a negligible role, to put it kindly. I don't think that's the same situation here. Like, Byron was disappointing – but had played a meaningful role for this team for three years before he finally broke through. And, we haven't seen that yeah, with Taco. Yeah, I agree. And also, you know, Rod Marinelli can coach, you know, defensive ends and all that. I mean, I'm not saying he's the best because I'm sure there's other ones out there. And I, it might just be, like Danny said, just a just different start, different, different situation might be better for him. But who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen with this team and, and you know, there might be another suspension down the road for this for this team. We, I mean, we videos have come out. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying that uh, that having some depth on this defensive implier. line. I'm not, I'm not really trying to imply. <laughs> yeah. We all saw it. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, but I heard. You haven't seen it. No, I heard about it though. I heard I'm about just it. Saying it's, it's talking about uh, Crawford. Yeah, Crawford's I mean, it, a video from yeah, the different video came out. It. TMZ and they they definitely let you know it's where Crawford is in every step of the video, and it's yeah. it's not great. I don't know. Maybe the NFL's already seen that. I, maybe they haven't. I don't know. But I'm just saying, having depth on the defensive line, it wouldn't be bad. And you know, you also have some injuries coming in. Totally, pot like it's you know. And and I think this conversation is totally justified. There's nothing wrong with it, but like it would be so typical if we're like, the writing's on the wall for Taco, and like, and he's here all year, and and yeah. and has been a wrong role, before. has a role to play. Right, we're you just never know. Yeah, you just wrong. never know. All right, we're gonna take our final break. We'll come back. I'm gonna ask these guys a question. After such a huge week one, what is your biggest concern going for this team going down uh, to week two and throughout the remainder of the season? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. 
Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score, September 2018. It's time for Tailgate with the Otterbox Boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the Growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. It's the final segment of the break live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, what you got to tell us? All right. How about getting the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan? You can join Cowboy- Dallas Cowboys United. It's only $20. You get exclusive DCU fan pack and member benefits. DallasCowboys.com slash United to become a member today. I would think, you know what? The bandwagon's there. Jump on in. All right. Cool. I did need to make a couple of announcements for you guys. There are a couple new shows we got starting up this week. One starting this afternoon at 3 p.m. called The Players Lounge. Um, it is a new podcast that will be every Tuesday at 3 p.m. It will be hosted by Nui Scruggs. Um, but we will also have on the show uh, Danny McRae and uh, Barry Church, two former safeties here with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, give them a, an opportunity to talk about this team from a player's perspective. So we think that will be a really great show. Make sure you check it out this afternoon, 3 p.m. Central Time. And then tomorrow we're going to be starting up a new show at 2.30 p.m. It's actually going to film around that time, so it's going to be on the site a little bit later. It's not a live show. Uh, But it's called Playmaker. Playmaker spelled with an H for Playmaker. Playmaker. And the point of it is this is a lifestyle show. I didn't come up with that. I promise. This is a lifestyle show for for females by females. And uh, it has a lot of different uh, ladies around our organization. I'm sure Danny will be on it at some point. Uh, but they will be uh, part of the the cast of the show, and then tomorrow they have the wife of of uh, Randall Cobb, who is if you don't know a lot about her, she is just she's bad. She's she's an attorney, very very smart lady. Um, she is. I was gonna say something else, but yeah, she's bad, and uh, she's she's a, an attorney, um, and so it's gonna be a show that's gonna just talk about football from a lady's perspective, but also life around football and and working in football and having family members playing in football and that kind of thing. So, again, really interesting show. Uh, Make sure you check it out tomorrow. It's called Playmaker. 
And uh, those are two new shows that are going to be starting up this week. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, let's get to this question I have for you guys. This is a kind of a big, big picture question after the first game. Cowboys played extremely well. Um, everybody's still riding the high of how well they performed. Based on that, though, what what is the thing that kind of pulls you back? What is the one lingering concern, if you had to point to one, that you still have for this team as they move forward into week two and throughout the remainder of this season? Let's start with you, Danny. Um, I guess maybe run defense. I mean, I know we're playing Saquon Barkley, so that alone is a challenge. I think a lot of it also played into the fact that it was – the first regular season. I mean, we saw the Cowboys defense had kind of a slow start. They didn't, you know, recover the forced fumble. There were, what I write down, 470 yards given up, but they improved in the second half. And so I think it'll get better. I think that's just kind of things that happened in the first game. But I think that would probably be one of yeah. my only concerns that I really saw that stood out from that game. There weren't many. Yeah. Dave? I just... Hotel hotels in South Beach are hard to get in February. That's pretty much all I got. Kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm yeah, does it start here? Are you though? Yes. Does it I start am. in Frisco and go all the way to Arlington and then go through <laughs> Dallas? How are we doing this thing? Such an absurd joke. Please don't hold that against me. Um, no, please, please hold that. We need to um, use that throughout the year. Here, look. Good uh, or bad. They did exactly what I've been wanting them to do on offense for three years. Like I, I couldn't have dreamed it up any better with the, you know, the the trick, not trickery, but the the presentation, the the motion, and the and the play action, all that stuff. We always talk about the jet action, blah blah blah. But they're gonna play better defenses. Like I'm, you know, you can only play who's in front of you. But the Giants aren't a good football team. Um, they were they threw a rookie out there. He got him exposed, as you probably expect. There's going to be defenses that can that can limit that. Starting probably Sunday, even without Jonathan Allen, there's some studs on that Washington defense, and we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. um, what what's it going to look like when it's not that effortless? Um, that's probably my biggest concern. Is I'm I'm not ready to declare them the new Rams after one win against a, a probably very bad team. Um, yeah, that's probably it. All right, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, uh, to Dave's point, let's see what happens when, you know, you have to counter something else, right? You could do anything you wanted to in that game, and and they, they were all, always two or three steps ahead. But but you know, what happens? Do you come back and try the same things? Are you going to try to be different? Are you going to try to be innovative? You know, we, we we've seen last year, and I'm not trying to compare Linehan to, to Moore. I'm just saying we saw Tavon Austin really involved in one game, and the next game he's not at all. And we saw Dak run 11 times, and the next game he didn't run at all. So like. Let's just see if 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 they if they stick to what works and and how he comes back with with uh, uh, week two week three things like that. But I mean, it's hard to complain about anything. Yeah, I actually I was gonna say I really actually that's one of the things I, I'm really gonna pay attention to is how does Kellen Moore in calling this offense allow one game to build on the other. Um, I, I was interested here after the game when he was talking to the media. He said, you know, there were some things that that we didn't necessarily want to throw out this first week. Um, and we were able to hold some of those things back, which is a good thing because, again, the biggest problem you would have is if you threw everything out there and now everything's on tape because I guarantee you all that stuff that was on tape that looked so easy last week may not look as easy if a team is preparing knowing, well, they like to do this in this situation, they like to do this in this situation. When they're in this formation and they have these motions, this is what they like to do. Teams will build that kind of dossier on them over the next 
four or five. Good word. Thank you, sir. Four or five games, and they'll know they'll have some tendencies for them, right? So if he is able to take what they did this game and then use that, knowing that that is now what the other team is thinking, their next opponent is thinking, and now be able to play off of what he anticipates they'll do to react to it, now you got yourself something. That's how you keep longevity in in doing that that job. It's not just about the one game. It's about the game and how it follows up to the next game and the next game and the next game. I'm really – I'm not worried about that with Kellen Moore, which I just said I need to see more, but, like, I just – I'm not worried about that with him. Like, I, I don't think you're just going to be scratching your head like – where. Where'd Tavon go? Where, where's, you know, why, what are they doing? Why, like, I think it's going to be consistent, and the consistency will be kind of what you're talking about, uh, unpredictability. Yeah. Yep. And, um, to Danny's point, I, I feel not troubled at all by the defensive struggles. Like, struggles in scare quotes. And, and I'm not. Yeah, it's just things that happen in the first game. I'm not well, saying that's who this defense which, is. That's not their identity. I sounded like I was contradicting you, but I'm actually not, because what I was going to say is, you know, Darius guys probably isn't going to play in this game, but what does that mean? It means that they're going to be going against the Hall of Famer, <laughs> who's a little bit upset, who's <laughs> a little bit angry. And, and one thing yeah, you know about him when he's angry, he has a way in his career when he's angry, he has a way of showing you he's angry. So if it is a problem that actually persists, then we're I feel like it's we'll kids. find out Stop on Sunday. It. That was not what I was talking about. Go ahead, finish your point. And we'll, we're going to find out if it's a problem yeah. because Adrian Peterson is still really damn good at 33, yep. and he'll probably be running angry. Right. So and I going to going to your point, Danny. I don't just look at this as one rushing outing, standing by itself. Like this now, I take it back and put it back to put back put it back to last year as well. In the season, got the Rams. In December, you had the Colts. Like that's now three out of the last five games, I think it is, where the Cowboys have have not been able to stop the well stop the run effectively. And there are going to be other good running backs, and they may be able to stop a running back that's kind of middle of the pack. But they're going to have other good running backs. That they're going to have to play the rest of this year. What does that mean? What happens when you go to New Orleans and you got Alvin Kamara you got to deal with, right? So I just think that that is something worth, in my opinion, that's something worth looking at and keeping an eye on. I agree. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put that game in the other two because I, I don't think, you know, it's not like the Giants were just running the ball into the end zone and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, they, they, had a, they boasted out a big run. They did that in last game uh, up in the Meadowlands. He had a 50-something yard run like that, too. I mean, he's great, but I, they – when they needed to, they they shut it down. So I, I thought the defense played pretty well. That's, it's just a perfect offensive performance, so therefore the right. defense is going to have a hard I time just, stacking it. I keep that. going back to um, first possession was, was bad by the D. It wasn't good. But then from, from when they tie the game at 7-7, from then until it was 35-10, to 10, True. the defense was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that is – maybe it's just – I don't know, bias or selective reasoning on my part, but like that's what I focus on more than the blob yeah. final ten minutes when there's a twenty five point lead. And and I mean they were bad at the start of the game, but stuff like that happens. It's hard at when the you have such a good game. Mix right, you have to if the offense played so well, okay, well then let's just that's, look to the defense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right, let's take a question from Kyle Ransom. He says, What are the chances we get to one two one thousand yard receivers this year in Gallup and Cooper? Well, then, if that's the case, you know, we're going to be wondering if Zeke's worth that much money, you know, because he, he's not going to have probably that much, you know, you're not going to have a 1,600 yard rushing season if you got that much going on. Unless you're going to do this, what you did to the Giants to every team. 
Well, then, yeah, yeah then you better get, get a hotel room. And, and <laughs> I just don't think I, – I don't know. I don't think that's going to be there for, yeah. for them. I really don't. I, I think teams – I think it's like we got to stop Zeke, stop Zeke. And then they, they tried, and they did a decent job, but look what happened. Next week it will be different. They're going to take away some of the other stuff, and then other guys will come in. I just don't well, they think – and the reason why I asked that, and I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but will they, though, because I, the way I look at this, I wonder if teams are going to be like, you know, I, I'd still rather go the route of stopping Zeke than I'm going to make Dak do this for half this year before I say okay. I'm going to start worrying okay. about. Yeah, and so I do yeah. wonder if I do wonder if for a good part of the season we see the Cowboys at least trying to do those kind of things, going aggressively in the passing game because teams are like, we know about Dak. Yeah. I mean, we know about Zeke. We know what he can do to you. We're going to make Dak do it regularly Just, and consistently to us before we would change maybe. it Maybe. Let's – sorry, go ahead. I, I think – you know what? Now that I think about it, it probably won't happen. But it, but the one way that it could is that when you think back to the game, there was deep balls to Gallup, perfect throw down the sideline, and a perfect throw to the touchdown to Cooper. They, they both have that ability. They also both caught passes over the middle that they turned into mm-hmm. 40 and 62 yard plays. And, and then Cobb can kind of do both of that as well. So the fact that you've got receivers that can kind of hurt you deep, short, short to deep, all that stuff, they may be able to rack up some yards like that. Yeah. If even if let's just assume that they just keep this going, maybe like not like that, but like <laughs> let, they just keep rolling. Like this is a top seven or eight offense in the league. Like even still. There's so many people to spread the ball to. Cooper, Gallup, Cobb, Witten, Jarwin, Zeke, Pollard, Tavon. I think I got them all. I just, like I would I would be Say Jarwin? I did. Okay. I would have I would need to see two 1000-yard receivers to believe it just Who because Who does that? What do teams do that? The uh, old Rams. Uh, <laughs> Back Harrison, in the day. Harrison and uh, Reggie Wayne. Yeah. If the Falcons haven't done it since they got Sanu, they've come awfully close. They would have done it back when what was the guy's name? I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. Roddy White. Roddy White. When Roddy White and, and it Julio were there together, it, I would It assume. happens, but I just Well, Diggs and Thielen. Diggs maybe? and Thielen, maybe. that's a good one. Uh yeah. I just I know I know it didn't look like it on Sunday, but I still think like eighty nine rushing yards is not going to be the norm for this team, I don't think. Yeah. And we even saw that in previous seasons with Zeke, his numbers were so much lower in the first two or three weeks of two the games, season. Yep. So I think you still have to take He's, that in consideration. He, it's easy to forget because they just pummeled him, mm-hmm. but Zeke was on a pitch count, and so and and they teams will they might they might prefer to make Dak do this, but they will correct. Like they're not just gonna. If Dak keeps doing stuff like this, they're not going to put eight and nine in the box. Like they're just not going to. One thing I'll note though about it's (laughs) very fun. It's awesome about that pitch count though. I think that a lot of those carries he would normally get that we'll probably see him get as the season goes on will be those ones that Paula was getting at the end of the game. That will be when they will put teams away because they will try to pound them just into the ground because they have a lead and they're trying to salt that lead away. He will probably, well, he'll be more effective than what Tony Pollard was just because it's Zeke, right? But the point is, he's going to get, Pollard will, will decrease. So even if you think of it from that standpoint, you probably could have ended that game. If they would have played that game as they will probably play the games four weeks from now, 
and you have that kind of offensive firepower early in the game, you could still put up those kinds of numbers in the passing game, and Zeke could still get close, yeah. if not over that 100-yard mark in that second half. This is vintage 90s football for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Yep. You, you get, a, get a lead, and then you just pound them with Emmitt Smith. And again, I mean, the pitcher of Kool-Aid is just like Absolutely. three feet tall right now. Absolutely. And that's great. They looked awesome. They deserve, like, it's the NFL. It's not college football. Style points aren't a thing. But, like, it won't be that easy every week. It will not. It just won't be. It will so, not. You're absolutely right about that. And and that's why, again, we're kind of pulling this back just a little bit. All I'm saying is but it's, that's like, what they're going for. That's the We're pulling the it back, but at the for. same yeah. time, we're like, well, yeah. But confidence when is still important. When they're up by 40 in the second half, that's when then Zeke what do you do? yards. Of course you get <laughs> You, you still need that confidence early on. Michael Gallup was talking to the media in the locker room yesterday, and I asked him how important it was to connect with Prescott in the first game of the season because they struggled – three quarters of the pretty much most of the regular season until the playoffs to really hit those long balls. And he said it's incredibly important. They've been working a lot in the offseason. And for confidence, you want to be able to show that you can connect on those long balls. So even though this probably won't happen many other games in the season, I think it was still really important that and, this is what happened the first game of the season. And, you know, Zeke can miss a whole m- month and a half or whatever, come back and, and still contribute like that. Dak would have done that and then comes back, they're not hitting those passes like that. Mm-hmm. They're not playing like that. And Dak knows that. He knows that that it's different for him. to, And he's in a different situation. But he knows that he had to be there to, to kind of keep this thing going. All right, guys. Appreciate you joining us. We are back tomorrow. Normal time, 1145 a.m. We're going to get into the Redskins offense versus the Cowboys defense. Dave will have his breakdown. We'll talk about some other issues that face this team heading into this week two matchup against the Washington Redskins. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Danny Sarek, this has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?